host, Amber Sobrio Ritter. I'm a personal trainer, behavior analyst, and mom of three living in the Bay Area, California. And today we're going to be talking about goals. So last week we talked about values and ideally you took some time to figure out, you know, do the deathbed contemplation, do the values exercise, really tap into what's super meaningful for you. How do you want to live this life? What does that look like for you? And now we have to identify some ways to manifest those goals. Values are abstract. They they are not observable or measurable. It's just the direction in which you're heading. Now we have to figure out, how do I measure this? How do I track whether or not I'm moving in line with my value? There are some things that might be a general sense of, yeah, I'm, I'm achieving this value. I'm doing these things. But identifying some really specific way and tracking it is even better. Even just tracking behavior changes it. So this can help you be even more aligned with your value uh, because values are just a sort of compass, right? Not a destination. It's just a sort of compass that helps us know how to stay on the path that takes us toward that place that we want to go. So every day we're waking up and we're moving towards something. We're moving towards the completion of some goal, even if it's not a goal that you want to complete, right? I might wake up every day and if I'm not kind to my partner, I'm moving towards the goal of divorce. If I wake up every day and I don't eat, I'm moving towards the goal of negatively affecting my metabolic functioning. Um, If I don't move an injured body part, I'm moving toward the goal of further injuring it in the future or making it less mobile, right? More stiff. So you're moving towards some goal. We're all moving towards just based on the behaviors that we're engaging in on a daily basis. We're moving towards something. So ideally what we want to do is figure out how can I move towards the ways that I want to go, right? How can I end up in a destination that I'm happy with and that really aligns with what's important to me? So when you take values, you're asking yourself, what does this look like in real life? What does it look like to say, I have a value of healthy eating, or I have a value of moving more often, right? I guess those would kind of generally fall under a self-care value. And you've identified, okay, healthy eating and moving more often. Those are things that I want to be doing. But what does that really look like? What does that look like in real life? What does that look like on a daily basis? And then once you've identified some goals, then you even move on to figure out, well, how do I do this now? right? Which is going to be the focus of the podcast next week. So let's say you wake up every morning and you tell yourself, I'm going to eat healthy today. What happens is that's so vague and it's not necessarily something that you've set yourself up to be able to do. What's your criteria for health? You know, does it just look how everyone anticipates healthy eating looks, which is just super lean meat and veggies and sometimes some fruit? Is that your definition of health? Um, Do you wake up and do that and you do it for a couple meals and then you think I can't sustain this because you went from zero to 60 potentially or you beat yourself up because you're like oh why didn't I start doing this months ago so that I feel more comfortable now? The problem when you identify a goal, but you don't have a really clear criteria for success. And when you haven't really figured out how to meet yourself where you are, is that you are going from where you are now 
which is maybe just like a novice in the world of healthy eating and you're going to super lean meat, veggies, and sometimes fruit. The difference between here and there is vast, right? That's a big difference in eating behavior. And that's like a ton of little steps and ton of little shaping behaviors that someone had to do to get from here to there over time in a way that they could sustain. And often I think people either don't know how to meet themselves to where they are. They don't think it's impactful enough. They think this isn't enough of a change to make a difference. I want a big change, right? So I want to take a big, long stride over those first many steps that would have slowly shaped my behavior uh, so that I can just kind of reach that destination of being a person who eats only lean meat, veggies, and sometimes fruit, right? I think it's a really nice idea. I mean, it's really rooted in motivation of wanting to make a change and wanting to see a result. The problem with that is that the small thing, though it doesn't seem like it's going to make a change, is actually the only way to make a change because it's the only way that's sustainable. Because if you look at, okay, what's going to happen to my body if I eat really, really healthy once a week versus I eat moderately healthy all the days of the week, right? That's going to be the change that actually makes a difference. That's actually significant versus just that one day that you kind of find a way to get through. So not only do you have to pick a goal that you can be measured, right? That can be observed. Then you have to also find that good starting spot. You have to find that really good beginner level goal that's just above your level of challenge where you are now. And then you just build on that over time. So let's say you have this criteria of, okay, I have the overall goal to eat healthy. The way that I'm going to start doing that is that I'm just going to cut out soda or I'm just going to cut out really sugary drinks from Starbucks. That's it. That's your start, right? And that, once you've mastered that goal, you track your data. It's looking good. It doesn't feel hard for me anymore. I've identified some replacement behaviors. Awesome. Now you come in and you add a different goal. Okay, cool. I've mastered that. Now I'm going to do that thing and something. I'm going to cut out soda and sugary drinks and I'm going to have one dessert a day. That's going to be my, my next goal or I'm going to try to increase my protein by 10 grams, right? You would want to further identify that, not just increase your protein, which is too vague, but how many grams are you trying to increase by? Or maybe I'm going to prevent mindless snacking by engaging in these replacement behaviors. Whatever it is, you've identified some next criteria for success. And you're just doing that over time, slowly. You're just kind of building it in great. It's not feeling overwhelming. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really capable and competent. All right, add a new thing. And that's how you're continuing to move towards your ultimate value so that you can actually wake up in the morning and the values that you are on the path to achieving are in directions you want to go, right? Are leading to destinations where you want to be because you're putting in effort anyways. You're putting in effort to engage in all of the unhealthy behaviors, even if it doesn't seem like it. Yes, potentially it might be that you're not having to swim against the tide, swim against the, the current of 
societal messaging or foods that are convenient and readily available, right? It's easy to just grab those. The effort is potentially lower, but you're still having to engage in behaviors. So if we can increase the effort slightly on the front end, now engaging in behaviors that are aligned with your goals and values should be as easy as engaging in the others. Next week, when we talk about systems work, we are going to talk about behavior chains and behavior chains are a big part of being successful in fitness and a huge strategy that I use to my benefit. So we'll go into how to do this on the next podcast. So when we look at our criteria for setting goals, after we've identified our values, there are five basic criteria. The one thing is that it needs to be realistic. So this is what I was talking about with having your starting goal be something that's really within your realm of competence, right? It's really within uh, your repertoire of skills that you already have. Let's say you have a goal that you want to lift heavy weights with a barbell five days a week. You have to know how to lift weights, heavy weights with the barbell at all, right? One day a week, you have to know how to do this. So if you don't know how to do that, then there are even other goals prior to that. Like, okay, I want to maybe get a gym membership. I want to be able to walk into the gym and feel comfortable in that space. I want to start learning how to lift weights, right? And you're building all of those goals. And then you're getting to a point where you're really comfortable with the barbell and lifting heavy weights. And then now you can increase the amount of days that you're spending doing that. You can increase the duration. You can diversify the exercises. But ideally, or it's absolutely necessary that the first goal you identify is within your realm of competence. If I tell myself I'm going to cook five healthy meals a week and I don't know how to cook one healthy meal or I don't know how to cook or I don't have any recipes, I don't have the ingredients, I don't have access to the ingredients, I don't even know what those ingredients would be because some foods I thought were healthy and now I'm hearing some rumors that they're not or scientific studies are showing that they're not healthy or people are telling me this and it's confusing. This whole world is so confusing. There's so many conflicting viewpoints. Here's the thing is that the diet that's right for you is the one that you can sustain and the one that you can sustain doesn't require you to cut out major food groups. It doesn't require you to be on a huge deficit. It it doesn't require you to make some huge change to your life. That's so much, right? You've built up all of this learning history, all of these years of sort of living in this life and now you're going to do a 180 that is so much to do it's so unsustainable and in addition just so lacking in enjoyment it's just not fun and when i start working with women usually there's this sense that it has to feel horrible and you just sort of get through it and that's not really a way to make any kind of a life change if you're going to do this forever, like the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like eating healthy, ideally, it's the thing that you do forever for the rest of your life. There can't be an expectation that it sucks, right? You have to love it. And in order to love it, it has to incorporate a lot of the foods you're used to eating. It has to allow you to be able to enjoy family holidays, to go with your kids on their birthday and have some of the cake and go out to ice cream and do like normal things like normal things that we do in our society, normal experiences people want to have with their children. We hold many values at once. So 
what we don't want to happen is that this one value of health sort of starts to impede your ability to manifest some other value in your life. So let's say, for example, that you want to hold the value of health, but you also have this value of emotional connection. And maybe a way that your family sort of connects is you go get ice cream together on Friday night and you have conversations and you you chit chat and you talk about how good your ice cream is and you really enjoy that little routine. Is there a way for you to participate in that routine without eating ice cream? Right? You can bring some other snack for yourself. You can get the ice cream that's low fat, low sugar, you know, whatever. Of course, if you're if you have a goal to lose weight or temporarily clean up your diet and you find other ways to participate that don't require you to engage in that behavior of, you know, just eating whatever ice cream, that's that's great. That's fine. But that's not something you're going to want to do forever. You don't always want to be the person that goes out to ice cream and you don't get anything. It's not fun. I've done it many times. You sit there and you're just watching everyone else eat their ice cream and you're thinking, this is the worst. This is the worst. Having to watch other people enjoy this and I can't or I've chosen not to because I'm trying to, for me at the time, I was trying to lean into a value of just discipline and I was prepping for a bodybuilding show and it impeded so many other areas of my life that I also valued. So what we do not want to do is essentially pit your values against each other where you have to decide, well, what's more meaningful to me? You know, well, I really want to live this value of health, but like my mom invited our whole family over for dinner culturally. She obviously expects me to eat the food that she made. You're never going to eat dinner with somebody again. You know, you're never going to have somebody prepare a meal for you because you don't know what the macros are in it and because you it doesn't fit in your day. You know, these are temporary things that you can do. Macro counting is a temporary tool that we use to just create awareness. But not being able to participate in these other things that are also equally or potentially more meaningful or valuable to you it's not a life that can be sustained and it's not a life that holds your values equally. So you're not going to want to do it. And then you're going to say, well, I guess these things can't coexist, right? Because if you're in an all or nothing mindset, I either have to do it all perfectly or not at all. So if I can't adhere to this plan perfectly, and by the way, this plan is totally, uh, the level of challenge is way too high veggies, lean meat, fruit, nothing else. If I can't adhere perfectly, I'm just going to go the complete opposite way and just eat whatever I want and do whatever I want and whatever. So what I'm trying to do with moms and with my clients is how can we hold both of those values equally? How can you live a life that manifests both of those values where they're not bumping into each other, fighting over space in your life but we have some way to incorporate them over time. Because if you have to give up one for the other, that's not going to work either. That is not going to work. I remember the first time that I went out to ice cream with my kids and I got an ice cream and I got the thing that sounded good. I wasn't concerned about the nutrition. I just got whichever thing I wanted. And I just sat and I had watched them eat ice cream without getting any myself for months at that point. And I sat and ate it with them, and it was a completely different experience. It was so sweet. 
and so special and just this tiny little thing. And I thought, I don't want to give this up again. I have to find a way to blend these two worlds so that I can still have these moments that are really meaningful to me. So first criteria of goal setting, realistic. All right, next criteria is measurable and observable. So eating healthy, getting in shape, moving more. These are things that are too vague. What does that look like? What does that look like to you versus somebody else? How do you know you've met that goal? What if I only move for one minute? Does that count? What if I take the stairs until the ele- ele- you know, instead of the elevator? Is that enough? How am I defining my criteria for success? The reason that it's important to define this is ideally you'd like to build on this over time slowly. And so what you want to do is identify some starting point. If you're just saying move more, it's just sort of at the whim of what you're feeling like that day, which isn't a bad way to do it sometimes. But the problem is that because our brains are essentially wired to avoid unnecessary activity, your brain will often tell you that you are too tired to do something when in reality it just doesn't sound good. There's a difference between needing to rest and your body just feeling kind of tired and I don't want to do that. It doesn't sound good, right? This is why it's important to have goals because motivation is going to be something that fails you every time. And that's when you really come back to, all right, what's meaningful to me? What do I value? I value movement. I've identified that as a 10 minute walk. I can do that. I can push through that because you've created a starting point that's really reasonable. You're not trying to do a mile run when you haven't run in months. You're just trying to go on a quick walk. And then even if you don't really feel like doing it, you do it anyways. You get into the habit of doing it. Okay, now this feels easy. This feels effortless. Now we're going to increase the level of challenge slowly over time. So it has to be measurable and observable so that you know, A, are you achieving it? B, are you not achieving it? Because this is important too. If it's not happening, that's just information for you. Oh, maybe the level of challenge was too high. Let me adjust. Maybe I identify the wrong activity for me. Let me adjust. It's important to have this really clear so that you know how to adjust so that you can continue to tweak as needed to move towards that value. The next thing, the criteria is related to identified values. So it has to be something that's meaningful to you. If all of your friends are running, but you hate running, that's not the one. That's not your choice. If you love lifting weights and that's your favorite thing, That has to be the thing you do. You have to choose the thing that you love. You have to go back to your value. Okay, my value is health. What I recognized is that as I move forward in my bodybuilding journey, I had completely lost sight of the value, which was the reason I started. The value wasn't aesthetics. The value was health. Once you're not menstruating, your eating is so disordered, you're an insane person around food, like you just lose your mental clarity, you've lost that value of health. I was then on a different path. Some of the ways that that value was manifested looked similar to someone who was on a health journey. I'm at the gym, they're at the gym. But at that point, it had sort of derailed, right? And I was really moving towards a completely different value. I was no longer moving towards health. I was, for me, I was moving towards something different. So you have to sometimes recalibrate like, oh, I've just kind of gotten in the habit of doing this, but is this still in line with my value of health? And if it's not, then you have to adjust. If running injures you, 
is that a quote unquote healthy activity? Sure. But is it in line with your value of health because you keep getting hurt? Then choose something different. It goes with anything. You have to recalibrate to make sure that even if the behavior looks like something that you would find in someone manifesting that value, it could have been derailed and no longer actually be heading towards that value. Now it's heading towards just like, you know, if I'm going to continue doing a behavior, even if it's hurting me. Now we've got sort of like other issues there, you know, a, a lack of psychological flexibility where I might need support, support pivoting. I mean, I've always identified running with health. I have to run. That's the way I do it. But if something happens and your doctor says you can't run anymore, now it's like, okay, so how else can this look? How else can I still show up without running and find some new ways to do that? So the next criteria when you're setting goals is that they have to be timely and progressive. So basically this has to be something that you could start now. Let's say you do have a long-term goal. That's great, but we have to identify a bunch of short-term goals that are going to sort of be a, a little map that help you know you're still on the right track towards that main goal. So if I have a goal to, you know, deadlift 200 pounds, I need a plan so that I'm building over time. I need to progressively overload my muscles so that I am building more strength, building more power over time. I have to have a starting point. I want this to be progressive. So I have to know what this looks like. And the last criteria for setting goals is that you have to not only identify process goals, but really have your biggest focus, have your biggest focus be on process goals. Process goals are the things that you do when you show up every day, not your outcome goal. If my outcome goal is to deadlift 200 pounds, my process goal is every day I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to follow my plan. My plan has already been identified as something that helps me get my deadlift up right? Helps me lift heavier weight. I'm not in control of the outcome necessarily. I am in control of the process. So I'm going to show up. I'm going to follow the plan. I'm going to make sure my nutrition is on point. That's what I have control over. Will your process goals probably most likely lead to your outcome goal? Absolutely. For sure. The problem with focusing on an outcome goal is it's so big. It's so far away. It can be so demoralizing. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm only deadlifting 100 pounds. How am I going to double that, right? It just like, it messes with your head. That criteria is so high. You just think, I can't do that. But if I tell you, all right, you're at 100. We're going to have you at 105 by the end of next week. You're thinking, okay, I could do that. And then we're just really moving slowly over time until... You blink and you are thinking, oh my gosh, I'm at 200 now. This is amazing. The other reason that it's really helpful to identify these goals in a really clear way is that you can know if you're not meeting them and then you can observe the data in really objective ways. You're not attached to it. There's no judgment. There's no sense of, I'm a failure. I can't do this. It's just, hey, that's not working. So I had a client recently who went to a holiday party and felt like they just went off the rails with eating and then beat themselves up about it. And I said, listen, it's just data. 
That's it. It's not about whether or not you have willpower, you have follow through, you have the capacity to be successful at this. It's not about any of that. It's really just, okay, so it seems like what happened that day didn't work. That's all. Did you eat enough before the party? Did you get a lot of good protein in before the party? Did you have some healthy snacks that you could munch on during the party? Does alcohol consumption affect your ability to eat in a balanced way? Uh, did you have some replacement behaviors when you kind of felt like you were done eating but didn't just want to stand there? There are all of these ways that we can adjust moving into the future that have nothing to do with your value as a person, your worth, your ability to sustain things, your follow through. It's nothing to do with that. It's just here was the plan. It didn't work. How can we adjust the plan in the future? Right? Then we'll look at that data. Okay, this time you ate more protein. You drank more water that day. You had some healthy snacks. You feel like you enjoyed the party and you ate some of the yummy food that was available, but felt really good and balanced afterwards. Like it felt really manageable, but also enjoyable because you were able to be a part of the party and enjoy the same foods as those that were at the party without feeling like you lost control. Great. So it seems like the strategies that we used worked. And if they didn't, we just identify some new strategies and try something different. That's it. There's no other meaning to it. So really what I do with my clients is a lot of mindset work about detaching from their behavior and like attributing all this meaning to it. It just means we didn't set up the environment to help you be successful. So let's just adjust the environment. Really what I want my clients to do is just view their behavior objectively. Okay, that thing happened. Just see it as data so that you can adjust it, so that you can tweak it over time. That's all. And then the other reason that it's really helpful to identify goals is that you can refine them, you can build on them, you can add to them, you can level up over time. And the other thing you can do is celebrate your growth. You can celebrate how far you've come. If life is this summit, we're always trying to reach the summit. I'm getting the sneaking suspicion that there is no summit. <laughs> This is starting to occur to me now that there's just climbing, but I will say that every once in a while, it's very important to stop and pause and look back. Wow. Look at what I've done. Look how far I've come. I'm so proud of myself. We're always focused on climbing the summit, right? Continuing to grow, continuing to get better at things, achieve goals. It's wonderful, but the problem is that it's a continued focus on what you still have left to do. It's a continued focus on how far you still have to go. Sometimes it's important to look at your current goal and say, hey, this felt really hard to me a month ago. You know, or look at the first goal and say, whoa, I've mastered that. That's easy for me now. Right? This is why it's so important to have goals that are measurable because you can see it's not like as your coach I'm trying to say you're doing great you're doing awesome and there's no data to prove it let's look at the data look at this look at the weight that you're lifting that's data you're getting stronger the weight that you're lifting is increasing there's also this subjective data of your experience it's easier to walk up flights of stairs now your joints are feeling better you're feeling more capable and more strong 
And maybe you sort of caught your bicep in the mirror as you were walking by, you know, and said, hey, that's a nice looking bicep. But I mean, don't, don't take my word for it. You know, if I'm working with you, look at the data. Celebrate that. Celebrate all the work and all the progress. Yeah, it's exciting to keep thinking, all right, how can I grow? How can I keep moving up? How can I, how can I keep getting stronger and more capable and, and healthier and lean more and more into this value? Yeah, it's awesome. But remember also everything that you've done. Remember when being a mom was really hard? I mean, it's always hard, right? But remember when it was really hard? Remember when you weren't even eating or showering and you were just surviving? And now look, now look at you, keeping all these kids alive, helping all these kids thrive in this world. It gets easier when you practice. So this week, I want you to identify based on your values Based on our conversation from last week, I want you to identify one goal and I want you to identify one starting behavior. And it needs to be just above your current level of challenge. It should feel like it requires a little bit of effort, but just a little. And I want you to make sure that it's measurable. It's within that value. It's timely. You can start it right away. And you have some process goals. If it's run a 5K, What are the process goals? How does that look? Okay, the process goal is that I run half a mile for one week, right? Three times a week. And then I run one mile three times a week the second week, right? You have to have this plan that's focused on process goals. So identify some goal, work out those five criteria for setting a good goal, And then next week, we're going to talk about systems work and how you're going to implement in your life some ways to have time, have the space, um, and have the strategies to be working towards that goal. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please go on my IG and share with me. Feel free to DM me or feel free to comment on one of my posts about which goal you chose and how it's going. And... If you found any of the information in this podcast to be helpful, please consider leaving a review and sharing with your friends and family. I would love for more people to be able to benefit from the science of human behavior uh, so that they can feel more successful and be living a life more in line with their values. So as always, I enjoyed this wonderful conversation and I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,